Hello everybody and welcome to the Guns, Oil, and Dirt podcast. This is episode 21 and it is June 28th today, uh, 2020. Yes, the uh, corona year and all the other crazy things going on. This is Evan and joining me today in the studio again is my lovely wife, Megan. All right, uh, basically, haven't had a lot of time to do a podcast lately. Definitely want to do a little bit of a recap on what's been going on and then uh, get you guys up to date on what's been, what we've been doing around the house as far as, um, what do you want to say, surviving through the corona, stay-at-home orders, and... Basically keeping our minds busy and active during this whole thing. Yeah. Not becoming sponges. Sponges. Potatoes. Couch potatoes. I mean, yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I have been working still, for the most part. You've been working from home. My, my I should say, I've been working still as normal you've been working from home right and with the exception of i have not been going had not been going to the uh gun store for a while i was gone for like a month or two i was like gone almost two months from the gun store yeah because then they like cut down hours and we wanted to make sure that the people who work full-time got their hours before part-timers yeah, yeah, we had no. we had cut hours back. I was not. Um, I don't need the money there, um, so they wanted the guys who did that for their living to get all their hours in, so they can have their money. And uh, so that happened. So um, got a couple talking points here. Wrote a list this time. Um, Ooh, fancy. Yeah, I know, right? So. Let's uh let's start by talking about what have we been up to around the house. Okay. So basically we've been doing what I would think a lot of people have been doing with their extra time off and I don't mean watching Netflix or complaining about politics or a million other stupid things that people have been doing. We have been trying to get projects done around the house. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a few episodes back, I had talked about when this whole thing started, and I told my wife, please don't use this as an excuse to look at our house and come up with a bunch of projects to do, and that completely backfired on me, and you did sit around the house and looked at all the projects you wanted to do. Yeah, I'm actually glad that we did them instead of just sitting on them. Yeah. I like making the house more of a home of ours. Our home, yeah. But, uh, so what did we, what did we do? We got, we'll start from the, from the beginning, I think. We painted the fireplace. Yes. But we already, I think, talked about that in the last podcast, because that was done before Mother's Day, and our podcast was on Mother's Day together, so. Um, But yeah, since we're starting from the beginning of projects, 
we painted the fireplace. Then that moved into painting the dining room. Mm-hmm. And that moved into painting the hallway. The hallway that we have in between a uh, bathroom and bedrooms. Yeah, we painted the hallway. Mm-hmm. Then we painted the living room. Yes. And then we painted, no, we painted the entryway and then we painted the living room. Right, because the yeah, entryway right. is a smaller section. Yeah, so we area. painted the entryway and then we painted the living room. And we went with really nice um, calm colors, like nice greens and nice blues. blues. Yeah, and then I replaced light fixture in the hallway. Yes. Then the light fixture in the entryway. Yes. Then I did the dining room chandelier. Yes. And then I did the kitchen the, light fan. Yeah, the fan light that we had. And then I did the one, the fan in our bedroom. Yes. Which was a lot of stuff to do, I think, uh, as far as projects i mean Lots that was, of that was a bunch decor of decor is a what i did decor, like yeah. a lot of decor updates yeah we've been you've been changing out pictures and uh paintings on the walls mm-hmm. and moving around a lot of that stuff a lot of yeah like yep. you said the decor stuff you've been moving a lot of that around and uh also you I call it like a revamp, remodel, yeah. re-update, whatever you want to call it, for the um, the guest room. Yes. And then you also did our uh, closet. Yes. Yes, reorganizing. It looks like a very, I guess because of the way I reorganized it, I kind of more like, I mean, it looked to me like more of a high, higher end type of thing. I mean, because... I put like a little dresser thing in there to put my jewelry on. I had like a jewelry um, necklace organizer that I bought that we hung up. And I put, I decided to, this is a great idea. Like if you have like, what is it? Like rods that you put hangers on? Those rods that you call in closets? The closet rods? Yeah. So if you have like closet rods and like you don't want your purses like in a basket or sitting on a shelf, um, you could get like these S hooks, which you could find on Amazon. And I bought them under like the pots and pans one that they use in kitchen because they're a little bit sturdier and heavier. And I would hook, um, hook up the purses on there and that to display them better for me. Yeah. All right. So, so what she's talking about is instead of like, uh, not the wooden dowel style closet um, rod that everybody's thinking of. We have like metal mesh uh, shelves mm-hmm. in our closet that are um, have metal rods on them. And she's she yeah, she's taken S hooks to hang her purses. You also did it with my hats. Yes. Took a bunch of my hats and hung them on the S hooks. Which so. is kind of cool because now you can see your hats better and like what one that you might want to. Yep wear or one that you might have forgotten you're like oh yeah i have that hat i could wear this hat yeah i definitely have a lot of hats hanging up so that that may it just make it just looks a whole lot nicer and more organized and things i can find better and coming across things that i forgot that i had yeah 
<laughs> I'm like, oh, I have this. I can use this. So um, doing that and, yeah, updating the decor and more of coming into, like, our theme as what we like that. I would say, like, our theme is more rustic farmhouse but with a beachiness vibe to it as well. So, Yeah, if... Uh... You're going to have to, I'm going to probably have to post some pictures or something. You're going to have to see what she's talking about. We have a lot of, uh, what I would say, we have an older house. It's probably getting 80 years old now, um, 2020. So the house is about 80 years old now. And we've got a lot of, I say there's a lot of natural wood elements. Um, it's like that 90s thing that people say that was into like a 90s home where it was a lot of wood some wood paneling going on yeah i wouldn't say that at all no nope i mm. wouldn't say any of that at all though i would say like because our house was made in the 40s we have really cool things that they've kept like the past owners have kept in the house um we have like the original doorbell, doorbell. we have like this cubby hole but what's kind of cool about these... phone nook. It's a yeah, phone nook. Phone, phone nook. But I call it like a cubby hole. But um, what's really cool about houses that were made like in the four, 40s is that they use like all parts of the house. So like your closets are like really deep and in and fall up to the ceilings. They're not like where it's like no space isn't taken in the type of home. So it's really cool like that. Yeah. Well, also our Lots house... Lots of storage space. Our house is very interesting because it was not made by builders. It was made by the homeowner. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. Our house was actually built by the homeowner. So some of the stuff is kind of interesting. Um, a lot of the, I guess you would call them, uh, I don't call them doorways, but the end, the, the, uh, openings between rooms that wouldn't have a door in them are are kind of different archway yeah they're style. really cool uh, like that yeah so and um i know. mean even like the past people who lived here who didn't like really do the house they did a lot of nice updates to the home like obviously the downstairs they made it half living space yeah finished basement finished basement space and kept like a good size of the unfinished basement space too yeah. but it's not a creepy basement which is awesome yeah. <laughs> and then like even um upstairs like i guess our master bedroom was actually a living room yes and they changed it into the master bedroom and put in the master bathroom and closet. obviously the walk-in closet yeah so, so. It's really cool, but the way that they did it for the doorway to the master bedroom is they did it as like an archway doorway and then like the front because it's you go into it from the dining room. So like one side has this cooler shelf thing built in, yeah, built in into the archway door. It's really cool. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. So we did we did some of those projects. Yes. And that was. That was most of the interior stuff. Mm -hmm. And then on the exterior, we put in the gardens. 
Yes. We I made that planter box. Yes, you. Oh, the front way, the front entryway. We have like a stoop, and oh, yeah. you um had to redo that. And why did you have to redo that area? Well, well, yeah, we'll get into that in a second. So that ties into a different story. Was working on the French drain for the root cellar mm-hmm. to keep the water out of the root cellar. Dug out the top of the root cellar. I think we talked about this. Mm-hmm. Well, since I was putting all the dirt and everything back in there, I figured since I'm working on that, I might as well pressure washer the back of the house since I'm clearing all that stuff out. And uh, so I went, got the pressure washer out, started pressure washing the back of the house. And I figured since I was doing that, I might as well pressure washer the whole house because why not? Right. Um, and then when I got around to the front entryway, the stoop, um, when I hit it with the pressure washer, the paint started chipping off. Yeah. And large large portions of paint started chipping off it just it didn't look good yeah so um that started a whole project in itself because only some of the paint was chipping off and it was chipping off very unevenly and i was having all sorts of problems making it look right so i actually had to go to the store buy a metal cup uh like a bristle cup for my uh, angle grinder and i had to take down the entire surface of the front stoop basically down to either um because there's so many layers of like paint and sealant and paint and sealant on this thing i had to take it down as much as i could to almost if i wasn't quite to the bare concrete but in some spots but i made it through quite a few layers of paint and sealant um to make it look better again and then i uh ended up resealing it with um uh a uh what is that the 35 psi waterproofing white seal coat which is uh pretty nice pretty heavy duty stuff i basically just poured it on there and then rolled it out so it's extra thick now and hopefully that'll uh hold it looks up for really that. nice i'm yeah. actually glad like the pressure washing of the house actually did that to redo it because it, it was like we always knew it needed to be redone, but yeah, yeah. But I wasn't planning on tackling that one, <laughs> right. that one that way that day. But that just happened, mm-hmm. and uh, I have the a little bit of obsessive compulsiveness in me, where if I start seeing a project that needs to be done, then all of a sudden I have to finish it that day. Yep. That's why the French drain thing only took two Saturdays, basically, because. Mm-hmm. And a couple of late nights after that, because I get I get wrapped up in these projects. Um, took five yards of gravel to go back into that. Yeah. Uh, which was not fun. Did all that by hand. Right. But you should talk about the big project that you missed inside that you did downstairs in the basement because like now that you fixed yes so now that the I outside fixed, of the root cellar <laughs> since all right so now that i fixed the roots the leak in the root cellar hopefully uh we have gotten a you know we had a big rain friday yeah so and there was no leak it seems like everything's fine it's sealed up pretty mm-hmm. good but a couple of weeks back i was in there um after i had the French drain and seal coated the root cellar and did all this work. 
and I put the stone on it for irrigation. I put the um, pond liner over it to keep the water off of it. I mean, I've put all these things in, uh, in place to keep it nice and dry. And then I went down there to, um, uh, I was messing with the door. I wanted to put like a latch, some sort of a latching, latching door because the way it was before it didn't actually latch, it just sort of shut and uh, stayed stayed that way mm -hmm. on its own. But um, I wanted to put a latch on the door and a little lock that way I could, uh, you know, if something happened and we needed to, basically how this all kicked off is with all the rioting and civil unrest that we have going on and they were having a protest in our town and i uh kind of was uneasy about it so i figured i really quick i could put a lock and a latch on the root cellar door so if anything happened we can at least go down into the root cellar and uh hide there because the way it's built i mean even if our house was on fire we could actually survive it by sitting in the root cellar so i wanted to put a latch on the door and uh secure that because we because with those protests right now you just don't know if they really are going to get so out of hand or not out of hand with the way they were going then yeah at that, so at that time it's better to be more as prepared as you can be than that yeah but um so i put this latch on the door and i went to test it to right. see how strong it would be and i ripped the door frame out of the door and i wasn't pulling very hard I, um as it turns out the person who put the door frame in didn't actually screw it to the wall or anything there was no screws they basically had the trim in the front holding the frame in place and other than that it was kind of just set in um kind of like a pre-hung door but they didn't insulate it they didn't nail it to the walls they didn't do anything so i ended up actually pulling all the frame out realized they put nothing behind it there's actually a big uh gap because it, it's in a cinder block wall and as anybody who's dealt with cinder blocks knows cinder blocks the edges you know stick out and then they have the the opening in the center and um these people kind of knocked this hole in the wall to make the root cellar and they didn't do it at the ends of the blocks they actually cut the block you know right in, almost in half uh where it had the hollow section and then they never backfilled it they kind of just stuck the board over it so what i actually ended up doing is i uh i got some high strength um cement and uh i got the i got type s mortar and i mixed it with high strength wall block patch which is the um it's the cement that has fiberglass shards in it for extra strength and i mixed that up um by the way just this helpful tip to everybody don't mix that stuff in indoors um i started mixing it indoors in five gallon buckets with just you know water and uh, it it gets so dusty and so dirty. You don't want to do that. I was like tracking dust and stuff all over the house. It was a huge mess. And so I started mixing it out in the driveway. And it was just absolutely ridiculous. But um, yeah. Patched all the cinder blocks up. Mm -hmm. Then made a new frame uh, by hand. 
Another unfortunate problem is they don't make true size lumber anymore. So if you need a three by, uh, let's say, if you need a true two by eight that would make it the size that you need it to be, it comes as like one and seven ace by seven and a half or something like that. The, the lumber size isn't true. And so that that's kind of a pain in the butt, but I, uh, I didn't have time to wait to get true lumber milled. So I just bought some, some two by eights and set them in place, made the frame, bought some new hinges, heavier duty hinges, put a nice little latch on it. And then I have a little, uh, swing latch on the inside that I can use to put a lock on it. And I think the doors, you know, obviously being backed with actual reinforced concrete. And then on top of that, when I put my two by eights in, I ran lag bolts through all of those into the concrete. And then I used angle iron, um, on the back side, and then I put in new trim on the front. So, you know, it looks really nice, but it'll definitely hold, um, you know, the frame will hold in place for pretty much anything I think now, but it was a project. It took me yeah, three or four days to finish that problem. But it looks really nice. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was did a, that you, um, and then like outside you also seal coat the the driveway yeah as well did seal coat the driveway so those were, i say are pretty been very busy keeping keeping busy yeah. during all this downtime and obviously all the summer yeah. events and cancellations of that have led to yeah. well you gotta keep yourself busy and entertain some other ways did i went that I went through the garage and got rid of at least six lawnmowers. Right. Because I had that huge collection of lawnmowers. Well, I've been going through the house of stuff don't use and donating that yep, stuff. And donating a lot of our unused stuff. One thing I did do while I was in the garage, though, and this is one thing that goes out to everybody out there who um, is in the survival prepping homesteading world i went and did a tune-up on the generator one day mm. well that was the same day i got rid of all the lawnmowers that's what i was out in the garage fiddling with for uh. a while but yeah you gotta do your maintenance on your generators gotta make sure they start well yeah because <laughs> heaven forbid it it doesn't start when you need it to when start and then you're start, like yeah. oh well my backup plan is now not a backup plan. Now I got to find another backup plan. Yeah, yeah. The fun thing about the generator that we have, though, is uh, it came from my dad. And he's yes. got a little tag on the side of it that tells me when I'm supposed to change it. <laughs> How many hours I'm allowed to run it when I, before I need to change the oil. It's handwritten on the side of it. Change oil after every five hours of runtime. <laughs> and I was kind of laughing about that because I don't know if I adhered to that last time we needed the generator yeah i don't know during that time yeah we ran it a lot and i don't think i changed the oil enough man was that thing loud it is extra ours is extraordinarily loud that's going to be actually that's a project coming up i'm going to make a box for the generator that is 
like a sound deadening box so it'll be a little mm -hmm. quieter and possibly making a new exhaust mm. i might weld up a new exhaust for it just to uh oh you know quiet if it down a because little. of this you know our reception got postponed and we still wedding gifts um if anybody who's listening to this is family or friends that are coming to the wedding reception um a generator would be a nice <laughs> little yeah, right. wedding registry but she, gift. What she's thinking about, I put a generator on her wedding registry, but that is not the same generator that we run the house on. Right. That that little silent running one that I chose, that is just a like that was just a thousand water something, which will not even run your hair dryer, sweetheart. <sighs> um yeah. You're, that's the biggest draw in your household is the hair dryer. How? It's if, a little thing. It's if, not as big as a refrigerator. And it takes twice as much energy as a refrigerator. Oh. But yeah, the biggest draw. So when, when the end of the world comes or when the power outages happen, throw that thing out. It will kill you all. <laughs> but... um. I mean, yes, because the number one thing when it comes to what you're going to generate during a power outage is going to be your food, like the refrigerator. Yeah, yeah, I'm so run the that fridge. stuff doesn't Actually, go bad. I, I get it. Yeah, the fridge is the biggest one. And then the second biggest one that we need to run. Um, well, in winter, wouldn't it be like your hot water? Is that gas. run? Our, ours is gas. Okay. Our hot water heater is gas. Okay. So we're not going to have that uh, as an issue. But for us, because we're on a well, right. well pump. Yeah, that's right. We got to run our well pump. So plugging that into the generator. Thank God that's less mm -hmm. than 1,000 watts also. Yeah. Our well pump. Um, we're in a shallow well. We're lucky. Uh, very low draw. And I've run our well pump on ours before when we had our power outage. And I guess our oven would if we wanted to because we have an electric yeah but that's why i didn't oven. let you throw out that hot plate that you wanted to throw out that one time oh yeah now i get it yeah yeah, yeah. Hmm. you were going unless, through all the stuff unless we finally buy the the gas stove oven that i want to go back to then yeah or or if i can get that propane uh, flat top <laughs> i really want to get that propane flat top for for outdoor cooking that thing would be It'd be great to have a little hibachi grill thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah, definitely tune up your generators. I actually posted a little, a couple little pictures of me. Um, I tried to post a video to MeWe. It takes an absolute ton of time to post videos to MeWe. I can't believe it. But I took a, uh, one of the screw jacks with the, uh, caster wheel on it that was off an old boat trailer that somebody threw away that I pulled out of the garbage <laughs> because I do that I, I pull things out of the garbage and I just make things out of them but I put that on the front of my generator mm -hmm. so now I don't have to lift the front of my generator to get it to roll I have a generator that only has two wheels on the back and there's no wheels in the front so I have to pick up the front of it or I used to have to now I have a screw jack on it I just screw the jack down till the front tire touches the ground and then I pull it around with me 
And then the second problem with the generator that I had to take care of is when the generator's running, ours vibrates a lot. Mm -hmm. um, the generator we have is like a 30-year-old Coleman 5,000-watt generator. It is very old, but it runs really good still. But it does vibrate around a lot. And one of the things I did is I cut up a couple of pieces of horse mat that I also happen to have laying around because I pulled it out of the garbage. And now run the jack down, lift up the bottom of the thing, slide the piece of horse mat under it, and then screw it back down so that it sits flat on the horse mat. And that takes up all the vibration into the ground so now my generator doesn't dance all over the concrete. Nope couple of quick little ideas that I ended up having and I, I went through that one day but um, I'm really glad I did that and then of course shut your fuel off drain your carburetors you know and drain your fuel tank mm -hmm. I always drain my fuel tank I don't leave fuel in my generator I always try and keep fresh fuel on the shelf mm -hmm. in case I need it um, can I have to get back into that here because I used a lot of our gas for uh, filling up the lawnmower or reserve emergency mm -hmm. generator fuel because I was too lazy to drive to the mm -hmm. gas station and fill the tanks. Yeah, so you had that going on. Um, and then I guess within your prep survival thing is nice that that garden is actually Producing. coming pretty good. Yeah, the garden's producing. I, I mean, for the first year of gardeners, I didn't think we were going to get much to be honest i didn't know how this was going to go but man we got some kale going we got yes. the spinach we got cucumbers we got tomatoes like things are actually growing onions that, onions are popping yeah. up dill i just uh, didn't know how much of it was actually going to grow i'm waiting so. for the green beans and the peas to come in though well the i did see there i did see with the green beans they are starting to flower yeah, a little bit. So that budding. means they're going to hopefully yeah. start, you know, getting yeah. some. The green beans, and I think they're like they're like sugar snap peas or something yeah. that we got out yep. there. But I mean, those I'm waiting for them to. Those are the ones that are going to take longer because the mm -hmm. other ones were eating the leaves, and obviously they're producing leaves right away. Yeah. But um, well, that and like the cucumbers are. But it's been nice because like I got into recently used the kale and the spinach. I put them in some tacos that we made. Yep. The night really good to use in tacos, by the way. So yes. good. Um, because I I just cooked it on skillet, you know, with a little bit of olive oil, salt, pepper, get that going, and it's good to add into a taco. Yeah, it's definitely good. I'm thinking, like we were talking about earlier, I'm thinking uh, next year, next season, we're going to throw some arugula in there. Yeah. Because that, I think that's going to be really Man, we could tasty. have some awesome, even more awesome summer salads going yeah. on with all the fresh greens mm -hmm. of that. Yeah. I had somebody ask me the other day if I wanted sunflowers, too. We take some yeah. sunflower seeds and put them in there. Man. Be a great salad. Exactly. And, like... Even using like the kale and the arugula and stuff, even for sandwiches. That's a good as idea. Well. Yeah, that would be a nice sandwich. Mm -hmm. Or like homemade pizzas, putting the spinach on the pizza. Yeah, or or as I do, omelets. Yeah. Spinach omelets are great. Um, yeah, yeah, so I'm very proud of the garden. Yeah. Very, very proud. And it's crazy because like I didn't know how fast this stuff was growing, growing with me. Working from home, 
I actually got in to see it because, like, my office, the window faces, like, the back where the garden is. So I would have, like, the window open. I would see the stuff start growing and being like, holy crap, there's, like, green stuff growing out of nowhere. (laughs) Yeah, the tomato plants are almost, uh, what, two and a half, almost three feet tall now. Yeah. And what's cool is, like, they're they're baby cherry tomatoes, which is going to be... Awesome. I love little cherry tomatoes. They're not regular big tomatoes. They're little cherry ones. Yeah, I think I'm going to build a drying rack Mm -hmm. to sun sun dry them. Yeah. Some of this stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, I can't wait for the cucumbers with the dill. We can make some pickles. I'm hoping hoping this works out where we can jar up some pickles and... If we get enough, oh the green! If we pickled, get some green beans, green yeah, beans, that too. We're gonna do that. That way, this will be mm-hmm. my first time uh, doing some jarring. I really don't do a lot of it, but we're gonna get at it. And this like year. because I have like the the tomatoes, um, you know, with tomatoes and stuff. I'm I, some of more of the garden stuff. I can make some homemade like salsa and jar stuff like that. Yeah. That would be awesome as well. Or um, our own spaghetti sauce. Wrong type Making of tomato, though. We got to grow different tomatoes. I know, but I can make something out of those cherry. The, the cherry tomatoes, too. I know I can make like some salsa yeah. and stuff like that out of. You could probably come up with some recipes. I mean, little cherry tomatoes, man. You, can, you get a lot of those every now and then, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but usually it's, it's a different flavor you're looking for for, like, salsas right. and... Uh, Sauce, sauces like people usually go with like the Roma tomatoes, right? And stuff yeah, like the that, heartier so. tomatoes, steak yeah. tomatoes. Yeah. yeah, but um, one of the things that I just recently was working on, like I said, because we're on a, a well, um, and a weird part about our house is we do not have hose spigots on the outside of the house. And the only hose spigot we have is in the garage. You know, you would think by now, like, of the past owners, they would have put a hose spigot on the outside of the house. Like, how was that, like, not a necessity in their hand, head to want to do that? Especially the last guy who owned this house. Just never. Like, I would have thought he would have done that. But because we we don't have hose spigots, I've been bucketing water out to the uh, gardens and i recently came up with a little idea this was within the last week i have a uh had an empty 55 gallon drum that was stored um uh used to store alcohol in it and so i cleaned it out real good and because it's it was just alcohol i actually mostly just let it evaporate out and then ran some water through it so it's not um not really that big of a deal but then i uh put a hose spigot on that, flipped it on its Mm -hmm. side, and put it in the back of the pickup truck. And so now I've been able to fill that up, and then I just park my truck on the road and then run the hose down to the garden um, out back. And that's how I've been watering for the past few days at least. At least almost a week now. I kind of messed with that last weekend. But uh, that's been a much easier way to deal with it um but your weekends are kind of winding down now things for you to do because you're you've been headed back haven't you yeah yeah we're gonna we're gonna yeah we're gonna get back to we're gonna get on that 
But um, but yeah, so another thing, I lost all of the raspberry bushes except for one. I've got one raspberry bush surviving. Well, like we said, some of them might be in too much direct sunlight. Yeah, I'm thinking too much sun, not enough water, because like I said, I was bucketing water before, so they were only getting a couple gallons. Um you know, now that I've got the, the truck with the hose on it, we'll, you know, I'm giving more water to the one that's still alive and hopefully I can propagate more from that. But, but yeah, definitely, uh, an issue didn't, a lot of them didn't survive, but I'm going to see what I can do about the rest of that. Yeah. And then, uh, all right. Mm -hmm. Then yes. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, I have gone back to the gun store now, um, working on the weekends. So far, um, things are very different. We are running at half capacity. We, uh, on the range, we have limited the amount of people who are allowed in the store. We are doing range time by reservation only. We're Obviously, like I said, you know, uh, we're limiting contact with people. We are not doing rentals anymore, which is huge because we were not able to find a good way to disinfect the firearms that doesn't damage them. But like I said, there has, when I was talking to you about this, there has to be something out there that some company makes to disinfect handguns. I mean, because there just has to be but, yeah. to clean your firearms that so I mean, far so far everything contains some sort of a chemical i would think like glock or springfield or some company no nope. produces something out there or somebody out there must have a remedy that they know that would like at least disinfect the grips yeah good for a firearm yeah, the only thing I... You, you and something, too, to kind of clean the trigger where the trigger won't get messed up Yeah, as well. There has to be something, or maybe it's just... Can't you use your simple soap and water? Nope. Can't get them wet. Hmm. Yep. That's the problem. They can't get wet. You can't use alcohol. And there's like a million other things that we've thought of, but uh, so far... The issue is, is that the rental guns are under warranties. Nobody who will stand by their warranty if we're using chemicals on the guns, if the finish gets ruined or this, that, and the other. So, I mean, we basically just stopped doing rentals. Um, it's kind of been a big hit. Uh, you know, not terrible, but it has been a few th problems with that. Uh, people coming in thinking they could rent guns and then having to leave even if they called ahead to make reservations well, to it's shoot. It's nice to see if like one that you are maybe in the prospect of buying out there and looking for, it was always nice to be able to rent it. Yeah. If a firearm place had it for rental, to try it out before you actually went to purchase. Purchase one, yeah. One. Yeah, I actually was talking to a, a couple of people about that this weekend. Uh, when I was working yesterday, and it, uh, people are so disappointed by the firearms that they buy without being able to shoot them first. And mm -hmm. you're right. I mean, it's a huge pain in the butt to not be able to do rentals. But a uh, glimmer of hope on the horizon is we are talking about 
maybe late July moving forward with uh, with going back to normal hours, mm. normal capacity, and bringing back the rental guns next month. I mean, it'd just be nice for, I mean, for somebody like me who has, like, a smaller hand, so, like, it's easier for me to rent one and test it than to purchase before because with smaller hands and how I'm going to grip it, how I'm going to shoot it. You, I mean, I can look at one in the case in my hand, ooh, but it doesn't really give me the fill until I try it out to know how I really like it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of honestly a downer on my end, I would say a little bit more than, to be honest, than somebody on your end with no more size hands. Yeah. I guess. I mean. Well, it doesn't, I mean, either way, bit. no matter who you are, you're going to have things that fit a certain mm-hmm. way or grip angles change. I mean, there's a tons of guns out there that I just hate shooting because of the weight, the shape or how they fit in my hand or something like that. So, I mean, it's, it's very personal. Uh, I really like the idea of trying guns before you buy them. I think people should never buy guns without being able to shoot them first. But uh, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna try and get back to that. I know our classes have been canceled for a while. Uh, at the end of the month, we're trying to bring back our concealed carry classes. We're gonna try and bring back our lessons. Um, hopefully, especially with all the new shooters that are now out there. I mean, right. I we're selling guns at an astronomical number. To people who've never owned guns before and never wanted to own guns before because of what's going on with the coronavirus, with the social unrest, with the economic unrest, um, though, you know, guns are selling like hotcakes. Ammo is selling like almost never before. And there's really, um, there's been a lot of problems with that, especially with the economy doing what it is with, uh, with logistical problems with finding materials with being able to um, make those purchases just due to the uh, economic position of some companies a lot of companies had to get shut down for the coronavirus in certain states because they were considered non-essential which is a hundred percent against the constitution because you're not supposed to be allowed to tell a company what they can and can't do because that's this is what our country was based on is if if one company is allowed to be open because they're considered essential, then every company should be open. It doesn't matter. You can't determine that as a government official. That's just right. pure tyranny. But, I mean, if you guys even decide towards the end of July going back and stuff, I mean, you guys still have to practice somewhat social distance, I would think. I think we're going to limit still. And, um, and maybe do like every other lane. I mean, you still have to do something like that. To keep the social distancing and stuff, I mean. Well, and that's where everything kind of is going to be played by ear. We don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to try and move forward with going back to what's almost normal. You know, I think we're still going to limit the amount of people in the store. I think we're still going to have limits on... Um, we're going to keep the lower limit on how many people are allowed on a lane at once, but I think we're going to try and open all lanes in the store um but once again i don't i don't own the store i just work there so i don't know what we're doing and i don't you know i don't know i just kind of want it to go back 
in a sense, but then in a sense I don't because then the more people we have shooting, then the more ammo we're going to sell, and then there's going to be less ammo there for me to buy. Ends up being a big problem. <laughs> but it has been difficult. I know we, uh, we changed our um, procedure on firearm transfers. Mm. Uh, we're now transferring guns for people that we would normally be able to get under normal circumstances, but now we can't get them. So if you have a gun that you want, you could find it online somewhere and then transfer it into us for us to do the, the FFL transfer in the background yeah. check. We're doing that now where we weren't doing it before because we were able to get the gun for right. you. Um, as far as like new guns mm -hmm. are concerned, we've always transferred used guns in because they're used guns and, you know, we can't do a lot with that. But now, you know, if there's a gun you want, let's say it's a Glock 19, the most common firearm basically in the world. Okay. Before, if you wanted a new Glock 19, you would have to buy it from us brand new, but we usually had them in stock. Right but you couldn't transfer it in from a place you found online and sit there and say, oh, well, I found a better price online because after you ship it to us and then have to pay for the transfer fee, that online price isn't good anymore. Um, so now if you find it online, just the fact that you found one online, regardless of the price, seems to be the way to go. But um, I just keep telling people don't, now is a bad time to buy guns. Now is a bad time to buy ammo. If you don't need to buy a gun, um, or you actually find one for a good price, I say go for it. But don't just buy a gun at a random price because you just feel like you need it. Like ARs. I mean, if you're buying $1,000 ARs and they're not $1,000 ARs, you know, a year ago, don't buy it. Uh, you can buy an AR-15 for like 400 bucks. Don't waste your time and energy right. and money on something that you don't necessarily need unless it's like you know if you're buying a daniel defense for 1200 bucks well that daniel defense was 1200 bucks a year ago too i mean that's just the price they are right <laughs> but the uh, don't don't fall for the trap don't don't panic buy don't do any of that stuff it's ridiculous i i think i, I said before $17, $18 for 50 rounds of 9 millimeters too much. Um, $14, okay. $9 is what I'm looking at right now personally. Uh, $9.99 for 50 rounds is about what I would say the going rate is. Um, say about like 18 to 20 bucks for 50 rounds of 40. And then 22 to $27 for 45 is what I would consider acceptable. Um, I mean, obviously, if you can get it for less than that, get it for less than that. But I mean, th for full metal jacket, for this, that, and the other, I mean, just range ammo. These are the, you know, uh, you're pushing the outer limits of the prices for some of these things. But uh, just don't fall into the trap. Don't let people price gouge you. Uh, it's, it's just feeding into this jacking up of prices. If you keep right. buying it for a higher rate, then they're never going to bring it back down. And they, you know, and then it just makes everybody hurt more. Sorry. I got disturbance over here by Godzilla yeah. kitty deciding to come and fluff and lay. Yeah. A little Charlie monster orange kitty here decided that he wanted to come and put himself 
on my lap and get all the loving just had to was determined so yeah. got distracted for a minute i apologize <laughs> yeah. but uh so yeah went back to the shop um also a couple weeks ago i gotta run through a couple things really fast because we only got about 10 more minutes here but a couple weeks ago i did finally get to that three gun match i've been waiting to go to uh, I was able to shoot yes. one. It was very hard. Uh, my wife was not able to come with me. I got a couple videos. Really posted. wanted to. Yeah, would have been cool to see. Yeah, but, but the videos were just as cool. Yeah, but they were limiting uh, spectators due to the, you know, corona. So that kind of messed everything up. But uh, that was definitely fun. Like I said, uh, check out the videos on. You're on TikTok, yep. and you're Gun- on Facebook. <laughs> Guns, Oil, and Dirt podcast on TikTok. Guns, Oil, and Dirt on Facebook. At Guns, Oil, and Dirt on Instagram. Yes. And uh, Guns, Oil, and Dirt group, or Guns, Oil, and Dirt podcast group on MeWe. And um, check out the videos that we have. Uh, feel free, comments. Uh, send me an email if you want to at gunsoilanddirt at gmail.com comment talk to me if you want to I get uh, most of my responses I actually get through MeWe a lot of the contact that I get with listeners of the podcast I really appreciate it but um, definitely enjoyed going to 3Gun I want to go to more of those matches but I just can't afford to make it so I'm thinking I'm going to uh, yeah, I'm thinking know. I'm going to make, like, I'm going to try to go every other m- match. But then in September, I don't know what it looks like for the Glock shoot. I may have to miss that one. I think you and I talked about that before because I think it was on your birthday. I think it is my birthday weekend. We're talking about it. We're going to figure some things out. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully she lets me go because all my other matches got canceled and I need to keep, uh, I actually have to shoot another Glock match this year or I do not get um, my certificates. I have to make another match um, or else I get like basically bumped out because you have to shoot a certain amount of matches every year. Right, but they may have and changed missed... their rule this year due to Well, yeah, all that's the true. I got to call I got to call them or something. But uh but yeah, I missed the first match cuz we were in Hawaii. I made the second <laughs> match that I was supposed to go to and then my third match that I was going to go to got canceled. Yeah. And I have to make at least two matches a year. And uh usually I usually I go to four. Um, the four locals, I do the three at my at my shop, the indoor ones, and then I do the one outdoor one um, local here. And hopefully I'll we'll work something out. There is another match. I don't know the date on it. I may have missed one in um, northern Wisconsin. There are a couple of them in Illinois that I could probably drive to, but I don't feel like carrying a gun in Illinois. Um, but I'm not sure it, the whole year got screwed up so bad with this Corona stuff. And then what else were we going to talk about? You're selling a Jeep. There's a Jeep for sale. Oh yeah. I have a, (laughs) yeah. She wants to talk me to Jeep, 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 Jeep. 
Yeah, she wants me to sell a Jeep. I am not going to fix the Cherokee because it's too far gone. The body's, it's all rust. There's nothing holding it together. I peeled all the floor out. I was going to start welding plates together. I just realized that it's not worth that much, I guess. I shouldn't say it's not worth the effort. I'm not going to put it in. I'm not going to do it. Uh, it runs. It drives. I drove it around again today. It has AC. AC works. Believe it or not, 99 Jeep Cherokee AC works. Why? I don't know. 2012 uh, Chevy that I drive, AC doesn't work. So somebody riddled me that one. Maybe it's because that that Jeep Cherokees were just great. Um, but I'm I'm going to sell this one. Hopefully down the road I'm going to pick up a different one that not so rotted out maybe you post some pictures for them to see because maybe somebody who's listening might be interested in this i have plenty of pictures or they might know somebody who's interested in this yeah there are plenty of pictures of it up and around um send them a message if you're interested in it if you need a 4.0 straight six uh high output out of a 99 jeep cherokee with a manual transmission and a solid transfer case. Give me a give me a email. Call me. Hit me up. If I really want it to go to somebody who's gonna uh, you know pull the motor and save it. I if if you're gonna just I'm not picky. If you want to buy it, come buy it, please. Yeah. I don't care. Please pick she, it up. Yeah, she doesn't care. But that's uh, that's yeah. <laughs> but. Trying to get rid of one of the Jeeps. Going to see if I can use the money to fix the other Jeep. That's basically where we're at on that. But um, I am going to keep the rims and tires. So whoever's coming to pick it up, they got to bring rims and tires because they fit on my other Jeep and they're newer. Unless you make them a really, really good offer. If you give me me $300 over my asking price, you get the, the five brand new rims and t- or the five brand new tires on on uh, aluminum rims that i have right now for that thing but that's uh that's what it's gonna cost it's gonna be 300 bucks for my tires basically because it's like 500 dollars worth of uh, goodyear wranglers on those things and then uh the other thing we're gonna end up running out of time before i can hit the other topics so it looks like we're gonna have to make another podcast one of these days coming up Got a bunch of other stuff to talk about uh, coming up over the next couple weeks. Maybe the wife will. uh, Maybe I'll come and join. Maybe she'll come back. Maybe she won't. Um, I'm depending on how much the listeners truly want to hear hear from her. Yeah. So comment whether or not you want to hear from my wife. Um, We we have kind of figured out this. uh, What do you want to call it? in-person interview thing where I have microphones. We could talk to a couple of people. I have some buddies who are going to come over and talk on this. Um, Some of the guys from the department, some of the people from the EMS uh, side of things. I have uh, one of the people who's on the EMS board of Wisconsin who wants to come and talk on the podcast. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, um, emergency medicine, trauma medicine, uh firefighting i i caught two fires this month already yeah we can talk about some of that stuff and you know anything you guys are interested in hearing uh i've got a whole bag of things 
that I can talk about uh, renewable energy. Any questions, just throw them yeah. out there. I mean, right now I'm actually looking into a couple of things along the solar line. Uh, I want to put some solar on the house. I want to, I got a couple of small uh, solar battery packs that I'm trying out to see if they're even worth purchasing some of those things. I've uh, heard from some other people now and uh, we're really looking into some of that kind of stuff. Maybe try and get an off grid here. Uh, not too distant future. Battery packs are going to be the, the biggest hit on this. But uh, yeah, feel free to comment. Like I said, uh, easiest ways to get a hold of me, gunsoilanddirt at gmail.com, gunsoilanddirt group on MeWe, gun, at gunsoilanddirt on Instagram, gunsoilanddirt Facebook, which the wife is now kind of monitoring because I don't know how to use Facebook. No. And, uh, and check it out, gunsoilanddirt podcast on TikTok. If you're on TikTok and you like goofy videos, I got some goofy stuff up there. Um, it's mostly the cats. A uh, couple of short clips from fires and stuff like that. You got but, your, your your three gun match ones up there. Oh, that's too, true. So. I put some three gun match yeah. videos up. But if you guys are interested, check it out. It's fun. Yep. Well, we got to wrap it up here. Well, it was good. Good um, dropping on in again, catching up, and um, hopefully I've been giving the people what they want to hear. Maybe. I, I don't know. They're probably annoyed with me. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> well, everybody, uh, take care. Stay survived, and I'll chat at you later. Like I said, drop me a line if you uh, have any comments or uh, want to hear about something on the show. Thanks a lot for listening, guys. I really appreciate you. Hi guys, this is Evan from the Guns, Oil, and Dirt podcast. Just wanted to give a shout out to Remora Holsters, the original no slip, no clip, no sweat holster. When they say no slip, they mean it. I wear it all day. It doesn't make my pants sag to one side or the other. And I barely even notice they're there. So when you want the best comfort in concealed carry holsters, why don't you guys try out a Remora holster?